Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. You hear that fight song, you know it's time for the Louisiana Tech Diamond Report. Going to talk with Louisiana Tech head coach Greg Goff. And coach, I believe the, uh, the sun was a little brighter this morning when he came up. Oh, my goodness, man. My, my feet, when I hit the floor, it was uh, jumping around this morning. Nick, we had a big-time win last night. It was great for our team to step out in a hostile environment and uh, get a win last night. And, uh, certainly, I want to talk about that, but I want to go back the weekend before because we talk to you every Saturday. I want to go back to last weekend just for a second. And as we watch, we talk about the Bulldogs winning series but I watched after the sweep over Middle Tennessee. Guys very aware of that and were really excited after that third victory over Middle Tennessee last weekend. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, the first time we had a sweep all year, uh, you know, especially in Conference USA. Guys are really excited about that, you know, just trying to make a step forward with our program, uh, you know, getting a sweep. And then, um, then they took that momentum right along and then took it to Northwest, a really, really good Northwestern State team on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then, Brought here to Hattiesburg last night. Coach, I have one thing I want to ask you about because I went over and looked at last year's record last season, and I think the difference is somehow, and winning is contagious, but last year it might be where it was a one-run loss or you had a lead and then lost that lead and weren't able to get the momentum back. I look at last night, a big lead, Southern Miss comes back and ties the game. But then, and you know, where in the past, last season, that might not have worked out. This year, these guys just don't quit. What has been the biggest difference you've seen? Well, you know, one thing I don't like talking about the past. It gets gone and over with, and, and uh, we're just very faithful. Good Lord has blessed us for bringing in some new players with new uh, different attitudes, I think. And, uh, you know, it just makes a big difference when you bring in guys that, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of our guys, you know. And I think it's made a big difference in playing into what we ask them to do and, um, these guys, you know, we're pretty tough on them in the fall. We prepare them for these opportunities. And, you know, I think once our guys understand that we're working for them and not against them, I think they understand that, you know, getting prepared for those type of games that we did last night and this is our season uh, is going to benefit them. So uh, we, we are very proud to say that we, you know, are mentally tough and train these guys to be prepared for those types of things. And I think last night was a perfect example of, you know, having a lead, they tied up. Uh, and then we come back and, and score some runs, and then here they come again. And, and then uh, all you can hear was our guys, you know, when Atkins come in last night, all you can hear our guys, hey, our guys, in, let's go, it's over, it's over. So that's a great feeling when you have a team that has a lot of confidence in one another. Yeah, and that is certainly great to hear. Let's talk about the atmosphere, and it is official now. You have qualified for the conference tournament. I did my math. I didn't want to say anything. I thought we were in before last night, but last night victory just solidifies that, a major accomplishment qualifying for a postseason now to play uh, in the conference tournament. Well, there's no doubt, Nick. I'm so so thankful that these guys, you know, punched our ticket last night, the tough, tough, tough place. Um, you know, just uh, very thankful. Thank the good Lord every day that uh, he's given us an opportunity to be here at Louisiana Tech. And, uh, you know, that was our, our goal this year is to make sure we got into that tournament. I want these seniors that have been here for four years and haven't experienced that to have a chance to get to the tournament so awesome especially in this league and uh we're just so thankful to have an opportunity to to be going as one of the top eight and especially being picked 11 out of 12 teams yeah, that's exactly right the motivation picked to be 11 in the conference and now <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, but i gotta no, ask, 
I got to ask you a question, though. It wouldn't be a Louisiana Tech baseball game without some type of controversy. And I missed a little bit of it, Coach, because I was coaching in a T-ball game last night. And so I'm listening going out to the game, and Taylor Love was hit by a pitch. And then they wanted to say college rule didn't make an effort to get out of the way. And I think that's the point where you came out of the dugout, and that's why I had to go coach a T-ball. So take me through. <laughs> so, coach, I would have listened to the game, but we had to get the T-ballers going. So what happened? We had to get the T-ballers going. So I'm glad, glad you're doing that. What happened? Um, well, basically, you know, uh, they threw you know they threw a pitch on the inner half to Taylor, and uh, you know we take pride in not moving. Uh, we don't try to get hit by pitches, but we don't move. I think it's important for hitters to hold the ground. And, you know, so they threw a pitch. It was a breaking ball, and a right-hand breaking ball at that, coming into a lefty. So, um, you know, it, you can't move out of the way of that pitch. It wasn't like you went in after that pitch. And, and so um, the umpire, you know, put him back in the box, and I just told him, I'm like, well, what was the pitch? And he said, I don't know. I said, yeah, you know what it is. And uh, anyway, come to, you know, I mean, I never win those arguments, but I want to make a point that, um, you know, our guy did go after him. It was a breaking ball that was breaking into his body. And, uh, you know, I think it's a lot of courage for a young man to stand there and hold his ground like that. So, um, you know, again, we didn't ever, we didn't ever uh, change the call, but I think, you know, going down through it, any time you fight for your players, they appreciate that and, and know that. But as you know what happened, he ended up getting hit again. And, and walking, and so I'm going to make sure the umpire knew that the game's always watching. The ball never lies, does it, Coach? The ball never lies. I don't think those folks in the stands like that, but I want to make sure they all do. Now, I want to go a, a little different direction. I thought it was a big hit for a guy who had had a good season and then struggled a little bit, now starting to hit the ball well. He's from the state of Mississippi. He's actually from Cleveland, Mississippi. A uh, big home run last night for uh, Marshall Boggs. Yeah, it was, Nick. It was huge. Uh, to get us on the board early, um, you know, kind of give us some confidence, give Bill a chance to uh, kind of, you know, settle in a little bit. It was a huge home run. He got all of it, too. It was a no-doubter for sure. Well, Coach, certainly excited and happy for the Bulldogs. That is one, uh, you know, you look at the schedule, you have this uh, daunting road series in Hattiesburg, then you've got Rice at home. But a great job with a victory uh, last night. So what does it look for uh, the Bulldogs today on the mound? Well, we'll send Big Cameron Link to the mound, that big breaking ball. Uh, let's hope he can get that thing down. Southern Miss is really good, Nick. They, they, they're the best thing we've played all year. They're very physical. Um, you know, you make mistakes to them, they'll get you. So uh, we definitely have to play very, very well today. Hopefully Cameron will fill up the strike zone and mix it up with his breaking ball and change up. And, uh, the one thing I thought we did really well last time, we played great defense, Nick. You know, anytime we go from the turf to, to the natural grass, it's sometimes tough, but Last night we were having there, and I thought that was really key in, in winning that game last night. When you make that adjustment, and we talked about that, how great the turf has been at the Love Shack, because, number one, we have a lot of rain here in north Louisiana, so you got to play a lot more baseball, and I think that's paying dividends as well. But do you come in from the mindset we're going to take an extra round of infield? How does that work? We do. We try to get as much reps as we can on Thursday night. Um, but it makes a big difference when you play on such a great facility as Southern Miss. Uh, their surface is, again, probably the best we've been on all year. So it's a lot easier. <clears throat> uh, but it's still a lot different. The ball is a lot quicker. And uh, we, get, we get as many reps as we can and on Thursday night. <clears throat> try to get those guys ready for the weekend. All right, Coach. We uh, appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and wish you well today uh, over in Hattiesburg and certainly uh, the final game on Sunday. And then look forward to that uh, series next weekend versus Rice.
Awesome. I tell you what, I, I had a flashback last time going to the bus, and of course after being escorted with cops uh, because it's so hostile down here. And I look up and I'm, I thought it was Nick Brown at my bus, and it was your brother. I couldn't <laughs> believe it last night, man. He shot me. But you're a whole lot better looking, so don't worry about that. I tell you what, Coach, I knew it. I just was saying I wasn't going to bring it up. But I told him, you know, I said, you better watch out. Last year I go to the story and I tell them the flag, and we don't talk about last year, where it was. They're lined up in order. I told them, yeah. I said, you guys better get ready because they're coming. And they laughed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you silenced the roost a little bit last night. So, so I couldn't be happier. The only thing I wish I could have been there, but certainly silenced the roost a little bit last night on a great victory. No doubt. It was a big victory for us, and hopefully we'll, we'll continue to do it again. But thank you so much, Nick, for letting us come on. It means a lot to us, our program. Appreciate you helping us promote our program, man. All right, certainly, and good luck, and look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, buddy. Thank you, Nick. See you. That was uh, Louisiana Tech head coach of Greg Goff. When you hear the group Alabama, that means we're going to go to Hueytown, Alabama's favorite son, and that is Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. And, Lynn, I told our listeners – We'd be able to tell by your voice if the NFL edition made it to the printer. Well, it, uh, technically it hasn't because we haven't done the covers yet. But, yes, uh, we, uh, I probably laid down to get some sleep about 2 a.m. This, this morning during the past night uh, with all of the editorial content gone. So uh, we have not yet done the covers. Uh, we'll be going back over this morning doing the covers on, the, on those editions. And the NFL's gone. And, uh, Nick, we start Monday on the Big Ten edition. Lynn, so, there is no rest for the weary. There, for if you work for Lindy's, there's not any rest. You know, you've known me and our staff long enough to uh, to know that. But it's uh, it's good to get another good magazine uh, on the way to the on the way to the printer. And this is going to be a strong edition. Uh, if you're an NFL fan, uh, this is going to be a strong edition. Now, a question for you. Sure. The SEC, because of you living in Birmingham. Is probably the easiest for you to do with the knowledge that you have. Well, from, from your from your personal knowledge, it would be. But the 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 most difficult edition we do is the southeastern edition. Really? And well, for this reason, is the first sixty four pages in the publication is the same with the other college editions. It's what we call the common form. So, the southeastern edition covers more teams than any other team than any other one. Because we cover the 14 teams of the of the SEC, but we also cover the other teams in the in the region. We cover, you know, we've got a feature on uh, on ULM, on on uh, uh, La Tech, on uh, yeah, Louisiana or, or Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, you got I don't want to get into that political uh, uh, controversy, but you know, and uh, and Southern Miss and and George Tech, Florida State, and Clemson, and you know, all the all the other teams in the SEC region. And then we've got to do the 64 pages that are in the front of the magazine, which are all of the national uh, picks, the the, uh, the the schedules, the national features, the All-American teams, ranking the players. We have to do all of that at the at the same time. And then with the with the southeastern edition, we have an Alabama edition, a Florida edition, and a Georgia edition that are uh, content only for those states. For example, in the state of Florida. We've got an insert that goes into all of the Florida magazines, which means all of the uh, southeastern magazines, the National College, the uh, the Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, and Miami Dolphins editions, uh, the Florida edition, uh, the insert that we did three weeks ago, uh, will be being inserted this week into the NFL editions that we did last night. So the uh, 
uh, some of the features that I write that you're aware of, the UAB feature, the Jacksonville State feature, my, my lengthy multi-page Auburn feature, all of those go in the state of Alabama edition of the Southeastern edition. So, yeah, from a familiarity standpoint, as far as knowing the content, yeah, we obviously are more familiar with the Southeast than we are the Big Ten region and other regions of the country. But from our standpoint, as far as the workload, uh, we do more on the uh, on the southeastern edition that week than we do at any other time during the year on, in any sport. Well, so as usual, the answer to my question, what I thought would be the answer, would be either the NFL or Big Ten being more difficult to do. I was wrong. The southeastern. Well, uh, but only, but only, but well, you're really not wrong from what you meant because you meant from the uh, inherent knowledge that you've got of the of the of the teams and the players, and certainly from that standpoint, you and I both would be much more familiar uh, in talking spontaneously about uh, college sports in the South than we would be in the, you know, in the, in the Midwest or the Northeast or something. But as far as the workload goes, uh, that's actually our most difficult week. All right, then I'm going to ask you another question because this is just a Lynn Scarborough interview right now. When is the last time you watched a game as just a fan and not a person with a responsibility? Oh, I mean, uh, often. I mean, as far as just watching the game, you know, as far as watching the game, yeah, sure. The, uh, I mean, yeah. If I if I attend a game in person uh, with a with a press pass, then yeah, I've got an obligation to represent Lindy's, and and I I do watch it as a fan, but I watch it with a different light. But but yeah, the uh, you know on on uh, game days or whatever when I'm when I'm uh, through with my obligation at a ball game, yeah, I, I absolutely watch watch games as a fan, and and uh, you know I I don't attend many games. Just as a fan. Now, now people in this audience know I'm an Auburn graduate. So, so, and I and I do cover Auburn for Lindy's. So, I I carry two two hats there. Uh, is sure I'm a fan of Auburn, um, and I'm a fan of the SEC. If I'm at an SEC game and SEC's playing somebody else, I I will admit that I've got a favoritism toward the Southeastern Conference teams. But I hope that people that read my columns uh, would would agree that. Uh, that I do the best I can to uh, to be objective in, in the way I write, whether whether or not an SEC team's playing. All right, let me ask you this. And final question, then we're going to get on to the diamond and in the circle. Sure. Uh, many people may not know this, but uh, Lindy Davis is a graduate uh, of Alabama. That's right. And I believe law school as well. Yep, well, he's, a, he's a law school graduate. And you guys ever butted heads about the uh, Iron Bowl rivalry? Uh, no, in, fa- in fact, uh, you know, I, make a, I give a lot of speeches to uh, – the civic clubs and, and fan groups and, and those kind of things during the year, particularly during the summer leading into ball season. And one of my, one of my best lines is that uh, uh, the best thing I can say about Lindy Davis is he's an Alabama graduate and he and I have been working together for 26 years. <laughs> and it usually gets a usually gets a chuckle. The, hey, and, and you know this, I attended Alabama. I went to Alabama to law school. And, I mean, I've got my Alabama alumni card in my wallet. Um, so, you know, when you're – when you're uh, when you do what you and I do, uh, Nick, you have to be able to to put your personal uh, preference aside when it comes to when you're covering a ball game, when you're talking, doing an interview, when you're writing a column, particularly uh, co- columns as opposed to to uh, game features, uh, features and uh, and and covering ball games, doing stories on games. Columns are a unique deal that you're giving an opinion, uh, so you can have a little bit more come across there. But when you're writing a, a, a feature or you're doing a column, you've got to be objective, and you've got, to, you've got to really go out of your way to make sure that any personal prejudices you have don't come in there. And, and you've been interviewing 
players and coaches a long time like I have. And I'll admit it, I've got, I've got players and coaches that are my favorites, that they are more agreeable. They're, they uh, appreciate more what the media does, uh, those, particularly with coaches and their sports information departments. Some are much more cooperative and go out of their way to help, and others don't. Uh, some players uh, come across as really arrogant and cocky, and some come across as really humble and, and, uh, and, and very approachable. And, and you know, and you, you, could, you could name players and coaches that you've interviewed over the years and known that, that you really pull for to win because of who they are, the way they treat other people and the way that they do. You've got some that you don't feel that way toward because they, they don't, they're, they're, don't handle themselves that same way. And I think everybody in sports media has had those experiences. But when you're, when you're covering a game, when you're writing a column, when you're doing a story, um, you know, you've got you've to let those prejudices get out of the way. You've got to be objective in, in what you do. Well, I'm going to use an example for an interview that you arranged for me at SEC Media Day where that was none. Uh, none you couldn't have said any truer words. Uh, as, as our listeners know, that uh, we have a lot of Alabama fans that listen to the Nick Brown Show every Saturday morning. And I give them a hard time because I said that Alabama fans are like gremlins. You just add water and then they show up. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. I mean, I leave the state of Alabama and move – to Louisiana and, and three houses down from me, there's a huge Alabama flag. <laughs> and, and a guy from actually from Linden, Alabama, we're very familiar with. Marengo County. That's exactly right. But you had arranged an interview with Wayne Atchison. And I want to tell you that, for me, Wayne Atchison was a thorn in my side because he, is the, he was the former sports information director at Alabama that did the research. And every LSU fan, every SEC fan knows that we always make a joke about the mythical national championships, and it suddenly went from like three to twelve. So I had an image. I think of, it actually went from. I think it actually went from six to eleven. Six to eleven. It was somewhere. Yeah. And I remember. So you knew exactly what it went to. And but I remember that I had built up in my mind because I can remember the the cover. It was Walter Lewis as a quarterback for Alabama. that was on the cover when it changed. And I had this image of this guy that I just was not going to like. Was, and you said he's a really nice guy. And it's probably one of the best interviews that I've ever had at SEC Media Days. Yeah, there are very few guys better than Wayne Atchison, quite frankly. He, uh, Wayne, uh, is, I'll give, a, give an unsolicited plug here. Wayne is the director of the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Wayne's a very strong Christian, uh, been very involved in FCA, and a uh, long, longtime friend. And um, and he is the uh, the I believe it's I believe it's his title, executive director of the Billy Graham Library, and he is one of the nicest guys that you ever want to meet. And you know, and, and Wayne has told me he said I just did it so innocently. He said I had no idea it was going to cause any controversy. He said I was just looking through these record books and I saw that Alabama had these other uh, titles that different people had given them, and the NCAA had it in their record book. So I figured why why don't we include those? And so he just instantly put them in there, and all of a sudden, you're right, it's in the media guide in, I think, 81 or 82, it's, uh, it's six, and the next year it jumps up to 11, and the unquestioning media that, that in fairness, you know, I think you know, you'd have to say are pretty favorable toward Alabama, uh, they don't question it. They just go on with it. And so all of a sudden, the myth is born. And, uh, and Wayne did not mean anything ugly by it at all. He just, you know, quite frankly, I, I think probably would wonder why other schools don't do it, because there are... Uh, there are a whole lot of schools, including Southeastern Conference schools, uh, that could claim a lot more national championships than they do. And people uh, sit around and criticize Alabama because they claim all these championships. Well, what they might want to do is point the finger at their own sports information people because 
that other schools could do the same thing. Now, they wouldn't have as many as Alabama because, in fairness, they've won more than everybody except Notre Dame, but well, and the Ivy League schools. Uh, but, uh, you know, other schools, Michigan, uh, for example, is one. I don't think Michigan claims but a couple of national championships. I know Auburn didn't claim but two, and they've got either five or six. And, uh, and I think maybe LSU, um, the same situation. And, and, um, and if that, you know, they could use the same uh, criteria that Alabama uses, and nobody could criticize them for that because these are, these are championships that are in the official NCAA record book. Some, some source that is recognized by the NCAA uh, awarded a national championship to those teams in specific years. And so, uh, rhetorically, the question would be, is it Alabama's fault that other schools don't give themselves credit for championships that they actually won by some legitimate source? So, but yeah, very interesting. Wayne Atchison is a great guy. Yeah, he is. And I want to tell you, then we'll move on to baseball action. It was, I, I did the interview that you arranged, and I asked him, of course, I knew he was with the Billy Graham Crusade, and he actually he autographed a copy of his book that, that I'm reading. Uh, great about, book. Yep. And a great book. And I recommend any of our listeners to Google the name Wayne Atchison. But I asked him, I said, so, Wayne, you're a Christian? He said, absolutely. And this is an interview. I said, well, I, di- I didn't know there were any in Tuscaloosa. Are you an <laughs> <laughs> and he, he laughed, and he said, that was a good one. <laughs> so uh, I certainly enjoyed So I invite all our listeners to, to Google that name. And, uh, but a great guy. A-T-C-H-I-S-O-N, Atchison. Yes. Let's turn to SEC. Talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Uh, Hueytown, Alabama's favorite son. Uh, Lynn, uh, SEC college baseball, the battle for the seller continues. Yeah, it happened exactly as you and I said would happen. Yes. The, um, the three teams playing at home against higher-seeded teams all lost. You had Tennessee lose, Auburn lose, and Arkansas lose. If any of the one of them had won, they would have helped themselves greatly, and they didn't. But what you may have here is you may have the seeding determined by the weather. We can talk about SEC softball in a minute. What happened yesterday in SEC softball happened because of the weather. It happened because of a rainout between Auburn and Tennessee and in softball. Well, in baseball last night, we had the Georgia-Missouri game be postponed. And so what, what you can end up with uh, is uh, they're going to try to get the doubleheader in today, and I have no idea what the weather is. Uh, I believe it's been played in Missouri, and I have no idea what the weather is. But uh, you could end up, because it's determined by percentages, and it could end up that the, uh, the team that gets left out could be left out because it loses a ball game. On the other hand, if, uh, if Georgia and Missouri would end up being a game short, then if Tennessee, Auburn, or Arkansas could win a game, then the rainout might allow them to be in the tournament. So, you know, we kid all year uh, about – you know the the rain being a main a main factor, but uh, you know, but in this case, it absolutely could be a could be the factor. It could be the determining factor on uh, on what happens there. Right now, uh, the the two teams that would be left out would be Tennessee and Arkansas uh, if it were done today, uh, with Missouri next, and and the two teams safe would be Georgia and Auburn. But uh, that can totally flip today. You know, let Georgia and Auburn lose today, and, and Missouri, Tennessee, and Arkansas win. And all of a sudden, the two teams that are safe would be the two teams that were would be at the bottom. And I'm going to have to look the rule because I know that everybody doesn't play everybody. Is that correct? That, that's that's right. So you could actually have two teams that were tied for the bottom two. Twelve make it to Hoover. You could have two teams that were tied. They did not play each other, so you could not look head to head. And then you had to go. Obviously, they obviously have the same SEC record. 
I got to look and see what the third tiebreaker. Option probably is. With, probably within their division. I mean, I don't I don't know that, but you know, but within the division would make sense. But I don't I don't know what it uh, you know I don't know what it is. If you know if if Georgia could 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 win two games today against Missouri, um, then uh, or, or and, and if Auburn could beat Mississippi State just one of the next two ball games, they got shut out last night four to nothing. If uh, if Auburn could win a game, you know. They're they're in better shape right now because they've got eight wins and the other three teams just have seven, but it's and then it's going to go in the next weekend and and you're going to have another another deal. Uh, Tennessee, Auburn, and, and Arkansas are at home this weekend. Next weekend they got, they got to flip and go on the road. I know Auburn goes to Vanderbilt. That's going to be a very tough place for them to go in and win a game. I, I think does Arkansas go to LSU? That, I, that's what I was looking up because you got to look at the hot team right now, LSU and the SEC West has won six in a row, yep. and they're closing in on A&M. A&M's leading the league at seven, and leading the Western Division at 17-8. and eight. It's not far-fetched if A&M drops two. You could look at LSU moving up uh, and catching them. Mississippi State's one game back at 16-9. and nine. And then that Ole Miss team, I think, which is incredible because there was about a month ago that you and I were talking, and Ole Miss was near the bottom of the SEC. That's right, yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, you, you get hot, and um... – you know, and, and when you're not playing but 30 ball games, I mean that's a lot of games. But but it's not to where uh, three win three ball games. That's 10 percent of your schedule, and so that you know that'll help you ready. Now I tell you the the team that has helped itself the most this week. And, and let me let me say one thing before we get on the SEC. Congratulations to uh, to Louisiana Tech. Uh, that was a big win over Southern Miss in baseball. That was huge. And, and, really and it, it really is. It's it's huge. And and it more or less now sets the stage. For uh, for Conference USA, um, if Old Dominion one more win by Old Dominion, uh, or or another loss by Florida International, Western Kentucky, UAB, and ODU's in it, and so then you there's you there's you uh, what one two three four five six of your teams, and then it's the fight out between Western Kentucky, UAB, and Florida International, and theoretically Charlotte, and we you know we said yesterday if Western Kentucky or UAB could win could win a game. Uh, you know, they're going to really help themselves. The Lone Bowl Marshall and Florida International go on the road and, and beat UAB and Western Kentucky. So, but congratulations for Louisiana Tech. They they put themselves in a position that's mighty strong. Hey, and uh, you know, two months ago, when Rice was floundering, you said we said Rice Rice is going to rise to the top. They got the best players. They got the most tradition. Give it time. And here we are sitting this close to the end of the season, and Rice sits alone at the top of the league. A couple of things right there I want to point out to our listeners. Number one, don't give me credit. You said it, not we. No mouse in your pocket. You said that Rice would be back, number one. Number two, between editing the NFL edition for Lindy's. We're talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. You not only know every Conference USA game, you also are up on SEC baseball. You're also up on SEC softball. And then our listeners wonder why you go to bed at 2 and probably get up at 5 or 6. And you're <laughs> knocking it out. Well, that's so, what we get paid to do, Nick. So uh, uh, certainly impressive. And look forward to that, uh, that fight out uh, between uh, the Conference USA, who makes it. But you're right. It was a big win for Louisiana Tech over the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss. Now, you've you got to catch me up on the SEC softball. Well, the team that has helped itself the most, easily the team that's helped itself the most, is LSU. Um, you know, LSU has to play the first day. Uh, they have to go in and start. They play, they play Texas A&M, who's a ranked team. And then they've got to play Kentucky, 
who's a ranked team, and then they got to play Tennessee, who's a ranked team, and they've won all three of those ball games. Well, what does that do to them? You have 16 teams that host regionals, and you're going to have probably half a dozen of those teams are going to be SEC teams. But the top eight teams get to host a super regional if they win at, uh, in, their, in their regional. And Alabama and, Alabama and uh, Florida were, were virtually guaranteed of it going in because of their RPI ranking. Um, Auburn was close. We'll talk, to Auburn, talk about Auburn in a minute. They, they helped themselves about as much as LSU, but not quite as much. But going into this weekend, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, at, the, at the polls here. And you had Tennessee at 10, Kentucky at 11, LSU at 12. Well, if you assume that four SEC teams could get, super, could, could get in the top eight, which, which no question they could according to what happens with other ball games. Well, Tennessee was ahead of uh, LSU and so was Kentucky. So if Tennessee can win a game, then they got a real good shot at this. If Kentucky can win a game, they got a good shot at it. If Kentucky and Tennessee both had won games, their second-round games, they would have played each other, and the winner of Kentucky and Tennessee almost for sure would have gotten one of those top eight seeds, leaving LSU out in the cold. They're, they're down as about the sixth-ranked team in the conference. Well, all, all LSU's done is beat three ranked teams in three days, including they knocked off Kentucky, who is one of their big competitors for a top eight seed. Then they knock off Tennessee, who's one of the big competitors for a top eight seed. And now they're playing for the SEC championship this afternoon at 4 o'clock on ESPN. So LSU, when, you know, LSU was picked number two in the conference in the preseason rankings. Only Florida was picked ahead of them. Alabama and Auburn were both picked behind LSU. Then LSU rolls along and in the top five or something, and they really start taking a dive. And, and they're, uh, you know, they still got a good record, but, I mean, they've lost 14 ball games, and, and Florida and Auburn are still in single digits and losses. But uh, LSU comes back and, and starts getting, getting stronger at the end of the season, and here they come in, and LSU's put itself, even if LSU loses today to Auburn, uh, they've got a, a very good shot according to the way other teams go. LSU could squeak in there and, and be a top-eight seed which would let them have home field advantage all the way to the, to the College War Series. Now, Auburn had, had the, the worst possible circumstance. Because of a rainout between, Tennessee and, between Auburn and Tennessee, they end up getting the number four seed. If that game had not been rained out, then the winner of Auburn and Tennessee would have been the number two seed. Kentucky would not have been the number two seed. Kentucky got the number two seed because there was rain in Knoxville, Tennessee. So... That's how your percentages come in. So by getting the number four seed, then Auburn has to go up against the number five seed. And the number five seed is Alabama, who's number four in the polls. So Auburn has to play the number four team in the country as opposed to Tennessee and Kentucky getting to play lesser-ranked teams. Well, there's a rainout on Thursday night. So Auburn and Alabama, Alabama has to play a ball game and beat, uh, beat Mississippi State. So all of a sudden, the Alabama-Auburn winner is in a terrible situation because they have to play at 11 o'clock yesterday morning. That's two teams at two. Auburn's number eight and Alabama's number four. So there's you two top eight teams having to play each other head-to-head at 11 o'clock in the morning. And three hours later, the winner of that has got to go up against Florida, who's the number one team in the country. So you got to play you got to play two. In Auburn's case, they, they ended up having to play two of the top four teams in the country within about six hours of each other basically playing a top-four doubleheader while the other team, Florida, played, played the previous night and got a good night's sleep and got to rest and didn't have to get up. It was a 
you know, we talked about it on, on your show on Friday. The winner of the Auburn-Alabama game was going to be at a terrible disadvantage against Florida. Well, Auburn beat Alabama, turned around and beat Florida. So now they've beaten the number one and number four teams in the country within about six hours of each other. So that, that virtually assures them of, of hosting, uh, being in the top eight. So you're going to have looks like Florida, Alabama, and Auburn, all three, are going to be uh, in the top eight. And LSU, if LSU beats Auburn, I don't think there's any question LSU also gets the top eight. Uh, if LSU loses to Auburn, I think they still could because of having beaten three ranked teams in three straight days. So, and then I think Tennessee and uh, Tennessee and Kentucky uh, have got a strong case to be made, and Georgia and Georgia and A and M could have to uh, to try to also get in that top 16 seed. So, uh, another another year when it looks like uh, you know if the SEC doesn't have three or four teams in, in the College World Series, I'll be very surprised. All right, now I'm going to ask you a question before we close it out. It's Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning. On the Nick Brown Show, the topic has come up again in college football about conferences expanding, and I'm going to throw one at you. I have read a couple of articles about Charlotte, the possibility of Charlotte being in the SEC. Yeah, is, that, is that not the most ridiculous thing you ever heard? I mean, they, they, they can't win games in Conference USA, and they're going to be playing up against in a division with Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. Are they, are they people crazy? I mean, that's, that's nuts. I mean, I, I don't think the SEC will expand beyond 14. I mean, they may eventually go to 16. But if they if they do, if I had to pick a top 10 teams that I would think they try to get, I, I don't think Charlotte would make my top 10. I mean, now maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. It's a good TV market. Uh, the SEC network is headquartered in Charlotte. So there are some political things, some TV rankings and some political things because of uh, the SEC network being scheduled, being uh, set up in Charlotte. Um I would, I would say I wouldn't rule it out just because of those factors. But from a straight athletics and football and, and other sports situation, that would be about as bad a I – mean, I, that would be worse than Rutgers joining the Big Ten, and, that, and I ain't gotten over that yet. Well, I tell you definitely what, if that were to happen, uh, Vanderbilt would certainly uh, certainly be happy. Well, yeah, oh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think probably so. Hey, if they, if they, if they join the, the SEC, uh, nobody would ever say it. But the primary reason is going to be because the SEC network is located in Charlotte. Uh, there you go. Well, Lynn, uh, I certainly enjoyed talking to you. I was going to get your blood pressure up and say that Auburn needs to move to the east, and I wanted to get your reaction. But Well, uh, listen, here's the thing. If, they have, if, if the SEC moves to a nine-game conference schedule, I don't have any problem with that. As long as it's an eight-game schedule, it'll never happen. Uh, there you go. Well, Lynn, I always enjoyed it, man. Uh, get some rest before you get to work on the Big Ten uh, magazine yeah i got a long long day tomorrow i got church services and and uh and music practice and uh and a missions committee meeting i'm taking the team to ukraine in july so i got a full day tomorrow too well hey sing well and get your mission trip organized i'm gonna talk to you soon that was lynn scarborough from lindy's magazine thanks for listening to the best of the nick brown show tune in live every saturday on espn977.com or subscribe to the show in itunes on stitcher or at redpeachsports.com.